Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to part two of Private Parts. Please enjoy the rest of the episode with my wonderful therapist, Mal. I think that's why my anxiety got so bad is because I felt a complete loss of connection. A lot yeah, of, meaningful connection. Meaningful connection. You had lots of connections, but they were very unhealthy connections. Yeah. All based on drinking a lot, socializing a lot. But th- so many people listening to this again will have that issue where a lot of their connections are based around drinking. Yeah. And drinking, and I've, I know. I've been very tough with you about alcohol. Every time... You have drunk in the past, your anxiety skyrockets. It is so high. Why? Because the older we get, our tolerance changes. And for an anxious person, they will feel the worst the next day. And I'm not even talking about like having a really big night out. If you just have a few glasses of wine, you will feel more anxious the next day. Just just break that down for me, just sort of physiologically. Yeah. Why does alcohol do that to individuals Al- if they're anxious? Alcohol has been known to be, I mean, we've always talked about it being a real depressive, mm-hmm. okay? Um, but it, now people are realizing also that the next day, especially for a very anxious, super anxious person, because the next day you often think, oh my God, I, I wish I, you know, I hope I didn't do X, Y, and Z. Hmm. So not only... The, what they call the beer fear or the... Is that what it's called? I think it's called the beer fear. <laughs> I think that's just your stuff. That's just my thing. The beer fear. Uh, and you, you get in the shower and you think about what you did and you go, Ugh, yeah. oh no, and you shake it off. Yeah. Ah. yeah. So I think that, you know, chemically it affects you, but also when you start thinking about, oh my God, that happened. I hope I didn't do that. Did, how much did I drink last night? How did I get home? <laughs> Financial woes as well, because you spend too much. You spend too much. It's not cheap going out in London. But the problem is, and again, what I'm trying to do here, Mal, if you see what I'm doing, is I want to talk about me, but also then relate it to other people as well. For me, the problem was, is that I had social anxiety because of the TV show that I had done. And I probably should go into that a little bit more. The reason why my social anxiety was so high, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, is I had done a reality show for so long which every single situation I'd gone into, I had to make it entertaining or feisty or fun or different. And because we filmed 165 days a year or whatever it was, I couldn't change. I couldn't see the difference between seeing people outside of filming 
and seeing people in a scene. I thought it was the same thing. So I thought I had to be entertaining fun every single where I was going. So every single situation I was going into, I thought well, I was going to get an Uber rating yeah. out of five. Yeah. And I would walk away from a situation and go, I was about two today. I wasn't on my best form. So anxiety, social anxiety became high. Alcohol works as a relaxant. So Initially, anesthetic. Anesthetic. So I would then, so people who have social anxiety, they go and drink to get over the social anxiety. But then the next day, the anxiety is even worse because they've drunk. Yes, and also... So it's a vicious cycle. So how does one get out of that vicious cycle? Because they can't, they feel like, well, I can't be as fun or entertaining or as flirty or as cool or as confident without alcohol. I think what people don't realize is that in order to bring your anxiety down, you might just need one glass or two. But because you start to feel nice, you want to keep it nice. So you just keep drinking. So, you know, it's, it's when and often when people are very socially anxious, they drink very quickly at the beginning. They were going right. So they've already had like, you know, two units. And then you think, OK, I'm feeling a little bit better, but I need to keep this going. And what you're not realizing is that then you've lost that, you know, that, that beautiful point of just feeling, I'm feel, you know, feeling comfortable in my body. And it takes away the cognitive thinking in the front of your head, doesn't it? The decision making. Completely. And you make, sometimes we make very bad decisions because it disinhibits. Mm. Right. So if you were going to give advice to someone, and I, we've had this conversation many times, one of my biggest kryptonites is, is alcohol. I don't... I'm not an, I don't have an addiction to alcohol, things like that. But we know that when I drink, I get anxious. And when you see me, you go like, I think you had a drink this weekend, didn't you? And I go, ah, yeah, I did have a drink this weekend. Even today you said, you said, you had some drinks on the weekend, didn't you? I said, yeah, I did have some drinks, fine, all right. So I've been told off by the teacher. <laughs> but you would encourage someone to do be a Be mindful of Be it. mindful of it. Be mindful of your drinking. If you think that today's going to be a heavy night, then you plan the drinking. Control drinking is a very difficult thing to do. Especially in the UK. Especially in the UK. And that's why sometimes it's better for human beings to be very binary. So I'm drinking or I'm not drinking, right? Mm. So like, okay, I'm not drinking Monday to Thursday, but I'll allow myself to drink on Friday. Or I'm just not going to drink. That's a lot easier to do. That's when you know people do dry January. They go, that wasn't a problem at all. I know it wasn't a problem because it's easier for us to accept that. I'm just not drinking. But there is so much pressure to drink. When other people are drinking, they want you to drink because they don't want to be reminded of what they were saying or doing. It's partly for themselves. And, and alcohol, I feel, is one of the only drugs or whatever situation out there. If you say to someone, I'm not drinking, they think... So, yeah. You've done really? something terrible. Yeah. You've, you've so done... do you have a problem with it? Or yeah, like... you, 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 they think you're very strange. But if I was to say, you know what, I'm not going to do cocaine this yeah. weekend or I'm not going to touch heroin. Yeah. You know, <laughs> It'd be like, they're okay. like, okay, right. good on you. But alcohol has a different... It's, it's a judgment. It is a judgment, isn't it? Because it makes other people feel anxious. That's what it is. So it's, it makes other people feel anxious. So yes. Therefore, oh. So they don't want you around. <laughs> And also when you, I think if you're not drinking, other people are drinking by about half past 10, you just think this is really boring. <laughs> Whereas the other person thinks that they're having the best time of their life. I feel like anxiety is a lava going through villages and towns and cities yeah. across the world, yeah. across the UK, yeah. mental health in general, but yeah. anxiety really. Yeah. And I don't know the statistics, but I hear that people as young as eight years old now are feeling severe anxieties. and Younger. Younger. It's so upsetting. It is upsetting. 
also because of our, our you know, um, stuff that we see on social media, you know, like children, I mean, what's going on in the world now? You just have to see that. And it's, it's, it's too much for us to process, never mind a child seeing that. Um, children have anxiety also, you know, in the, in the Western world in terms of education. And you were talking about passing the common entrance this morning. Mm. But it's early. It goes earlier than that because you go to, you know, you go to a nice school and then, okay, you need to work really hard. So there's so many pressures on children. Um, so children can feel, and also um, we've talked about that before, like anxiety is also a child can learn anxiety if they see their parent being anxious. So it's not like you can be anxious, but parents can also model anxiety onto a child. Don't do that. Don't touch dogs. Dogs can be dangerous. You think, okay, I really like dogs, but mummy's saying dogs are really dangerous. So I need to stay away from dogs. So so what would you encourage parents to do differently then? I think always if you sense that your child is anxious, then you have to teach them very early on do cbt almost with them like so what is it well, you know what's going on ask them go into their world help them to sort of like almost find a language to describe it i think for a lot of parents if you see that your child is acting in in an anxious ocd whatever way it may yeah. be expose them from an early age Absol to the situation because they have to learn nothing terrible is going to happen and that's what ocd is all about ocd has two components there's a real sort of the the thinking part where, you know, you have um, intrusive thinking. Yeah. Then you have the compulsive part, right? So you have you have that as well. Yeah. So the intrusive part, something bad's going to happen. The compulsion is a behavior part. So you have to do things, counting, if I count, you know, in a certain number of ways, if I wash in a certain way, it'll bring the anxiety Sounding down. very familiar. Yeah. So I can eat the sandwich, but I don't eat the crust, then I'm safe. I will count, before I eat my sandwich, I will say 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. But, but Mal, the difference with OCD, which, which I think I have, I remember one time when I was at Sophie, I couldn't find a place to put the tuna. Yeah, there you <laughs> Sophie go. Sophie was watching me thinking, what is yeah. going on? Because I, 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 I couldn't find a place. But my thing is more, okay, let's give an example. The door over there is slightly ajar. Yeah. The door's slightly ajar. I come sit with you here. I'll go, I know the door's slightly ajar. I need to shut the door. Yeah. If I don't shut the door, I'm going to obsess over the fact that I haven't done that. Yeah. That's obsessive compulsive disorder, is it? Yep. So how do I get over the, the obsessive part? It, I have to not go and shut the door and just go, nope, my brain will get past this. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. But exposure response prevention, right? So that's very classic CBT exposure, technique. Exposure. Exposure and response prevention. So the exposure would be, okay, Jamie, I'm going to leave the door ajar. Mm -hmm. You're going to imagine you need to shut the door. <laughs> it's like, you're going to sit here. I'm going to duct tape you to that chair. <laughs> uh, I will prevent you from doing your compulsion, the compulsive bit. After a while, your anxiety will come down. That's the key thing i love ocd because it's so treatable if not treated it just really really sort of like spreads Spans. absolutely it won't I've be just be, it won't be just be doors it'll be windows if it's not windows it'll be traffic some lights traffic, a big one you and traffic, traffic lights. lights are a big one um but it's always every person with ocd has anxiety not everybody with anxiety has ocd 
Got it. Yeah. Okay. So OCD is an anxiety disorder. And, and people have terrible, terrible OCD. They have OCD to the extent where they can't leave the house. Mm. COVID really sort of like, you know, like really... Spike that. But then also people with OCD also quite like that because they didn't have so many... They didn't go out so much. But it's a sense of control as well, right? But you look for control because you see the world as a dangerous place. Something bad will happen. Anxious people strive for certainty. What they cannot tolerate is uncertainty. They want to know. And the whole meaning of life is about learning to live with uncertainty. Because, and we've talked about this lots of times, is that the person who can best cope with that is somebody who has some uh, trust in themselves. If that was to happen, Mm. I'll be able to deal with it. The anxious person doesn't believe that. They don't have the faith or the trust. Because they always assume, oh my God, that would be so awful. You know, if like like today, if I sort of like, oh my God, I can't do that. If it goes really badly, I'll never be able to see him again. It'd be so embarrassing. I'll always think about the worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you go into something and you're a little bit uncertain, you're like, okay, if it goes badly, whatever. whatever. And you are the best person. I've learned that from you because... You are not afraid of failure. I say Nothing. this to so many of my clients. Yeah, I don't mind failure one bit. It doesn't bother me at all. I, I think that's a part of life, and I think that's the exciting thing. The, the prospect that that might not work. Wow, come on. That's, isn't that... If it's going to work, what's the point of doing it? Yeah. But, you know, okay, if I put a football, da- a football on the ground, yeah. and someone tells me to hit the crossbar, yeah. the exciting thing is that I might not hit the crossbar. If we all know I'm going to hit the crossbar, what's the point of the game? See, not many people think like that. So when it comes to trialing things and failure, I would think the chance of failure is there. Yeah. I have more chance of hitting the crossbar than not hitting the crossbar. So firstly, you're in an advantage here in a weird kind of way. But secondly, the fact that it might not happen, that's what drives us. Surely. That's what drives me. But I really do think you're unusual in thinking like that. And I think that's why you're an entrepreneur. I think you thrive on that. Yeah. But that would make a lot of people quite anxious. You tell me that humans love to have structure and routine. Absolutely. We love to be able to predict. So when I see Jamie, he'll be, you know, wearing X, he'll be coming in like that, he'll sit in that chair. We love that. You don't like that. Why? Because I think there, probably because you have a tinsy-winsy bit of ADHD. (laughs) You like different things. And you take risks. Most of us are risk-averse. What's the right way to be? There's or is no there right. No, no, right? There's no, no it all comes, you know, it goes back to background. I'm very risk averse in terms of like what we had to go through when I came in this country and that money was a big issue. So I'm very careful about that. It depends on, on your background. So you think that I'm risk averse maybe potentially because I had a, this privileged upbringing. So money was never an issue. I was never worrying about whether my parents were going to feed me or not. Possibly. I think there's a part of that, even though I think you, it, there was, it was difficult at times. But you have some sense of belief in yourself. It, like we were talking about this morning, it's like you have a bit of a sort of Las Vegas mentality. Let's just go for it. Which gives you so much freedom. Does fear trap people? Yes, absolutely. Especially fear about money traps people. 
because you're constantly thinking about, no, 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 I need to save. I can't have that experience because what if, you know, save for a rainy day, all that stuff that people tell themselves. But then how do people counter that? How do you get past that? Maybe it's the right way to be. My mother is totally scared of money. She's yeah. scared of losing it. Yeah. With anxiety, I had this awful time with it. And I remember after one of the sessions that we had and I phoned you up again and I was just trying to diagnose myself. It's bipolar, it's this, have I got depression? You just And I remember one session you d- I was on the phone to you and you said, Jamie, if I can just get you to accept it, if I can get you to accept it, you'll start on this road to freedom. Yeah. And I, w- and I honestly turned the phone off then. And I went, okay, you know what, Jamie? I'm, okay, I'm going to try now. I remember I said yeah. it to myself, I said, right, try and accept it. Yeah. And weirdly for me, because I have tinnitus, yeah. which is yeah. forever, it, must be, yeah, it never goes. I, know, I, know. I learned to accept tinnitus. It's, it's harmless. Yeah. It's uncomfortable. It yeah. can make you not sleep. It can yeah. make you depressed. All these different things. Yeah. But it can't kill you. can't do anything. There's no th- real threat there. Because of my tinnitus, I learned to accept that. Because if I think now I can hear it ringing. When you said just accept anxiety, I went, okay, I accept it. I somehow went into a different place and slowly by slowly, it has spiked up recently and yeah. you know it's different things, but I learned to accept it. Acceptance on these things is the biggest thing, isn't it? Completely. But it's also the hardest thing to do. Because it makes us feel slightly powerless. But for me, it's like if you accept it, then like you said, you'll stop fighting it. And when we're fighting it, you're almost feeding your anxiety. Why? Because it's the same chemical. It's like, I don't want to feel it. I don't want to feel it. <laughs> like, uh, why is it here? Why is it? Remember when, right at the beginning, you would get up in the morning and you would scan your body. Yeah. I remember that. You were like, is it here today? Is my anxiety? And like, sure enough, you would find it. <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> I remember I would wake up and you would wake up in, as I think everyone does, you wake up in a sort of blissful state. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah. You wake up and it's about three seconds, maybe two seconds. Then suddenly, how am I feeling? Yeah. Which is the worst thing you can do. Mm. Because the minute you check in with yourself, 
you will find something. The anxious person will find something. But then how do you not check? It's a natural. It's like turning on the light. No. How do you not check in with yourself? Because it's a learned behavior. Human beings, if you go back to caveman, he didn't get up in the morning. Am I feeling anxious? He would like get up, find the spear, go out. We sort of introspect too much to some extent. Most of us get up in the morning, check the clock and get up and either go downstairs, make a cup of tea or go to the bathroom, whatever. We don't lie there scanning. It's a learned behavior. It's a coping strategy. But how do you unlearn that? By basically being told by your therapist, you can't, you're not allowed to do that. And you were able to unlearn that very quickly. And I've always said to you, habits like that are learned, therefore you can unlearn them. That's a double negative, whatever the thing is, because I always believe when I was at boarding school, when I was eight years old and I was lying in bed and I had a lump in my throat because my parents went there and I had this lump in my throat. And I remember thinking, oh, I can't really breathe. And if someone had come and told me then, yeah. by the way, Jamie, that's anxiety. Yeah. I would have gone, it's anxiety. Oh, that's bad. That's bad. That would have been a disaster. Because no one told me what it was, I forgot about it in the morning. And then it would come back at night again. So there's almost a danger, I believe, in teaching people too much. That's why Peter Pan wanted to stay a boy because he wanted to stay naive from this world. Really? I don't is know. That, is that how you read that story? <laughs> No, isn't that true though i just find it that the concept of unlearning something i find quite difficult no well we're talking about educating somebody okay if you educate somebody about anxiety anxiety i've always said anxiety is anxiety like what what else depression is something very different okay depression is not a state that you need to accept i would never say that to a depressed person you would never say that no 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 no, why because Depression is something, you know, it's either sort of um, due to a life event, you know, like a death or losing a job or divorce or something, or it can be organic, which is much more, you know, you're vulnerable to depression. But we can have, we can find strategies, how to understand it, deal with it, medicate it. So depression is not something that we have to live with. You have certain personalities, some sort of melancholic personalities in that. But most of us, first of all, we'll all experience a period of depression at least once in our life. Really? Often because of some life event. Nobody is going to die unmarked by anything. Anxiety is almost like accepting who you are, how you deal with something, education, learning certain strategies. Okay, if I don't eat the crust of that sandwich, yeah, that's a bit OCD. Do I really want to give into my OCD? Yeah, actually, I don't mind today. That's different. Anxiety is, for me, it's an educational thing. And so you can unlearn different things and also you can accept. Yeah. And and once you accept that anxiety isn't going to harm you, that once you stop running from it. Absolutely it starts, you start to heal almost. Yes. It's not as scary. No. And also like people who have phobias. Yeah. Phobias, I mean. Spiders, whatever it spiders. is. Spiders. It is so treatable. Why would you want to just live with a fear of spiders? You don't. <laughs> because life becomes very difficult. So anxiety typically is the fear of having anxiety a lot of the time. Yeah, anxious people are, oh, I'm really anxious, I'm anxious. But it's like for you, if you accept it, then you almost release yourself from that prison. It is anxiety. And I've always said to you, like, yeah, Jamie, give me something else. This is anxiety. Why are you feeling anxious? And with you, it's always once you know why you're feeling anxious and you're a grown up now, but for you, it's still a grown up at all. <laughs> but for you, it's still if you're overtired, if you have a lot of stress around, if you're feeling a little bit sort of powerless, that's what makes you anxious. 
what's really helped me now, which you've taught me, is that when I feel, uh, example, <laughs> I, I came back and my feet, I had to clean my feet, right? I now realize yes. that's a, I, I use that as a siren. Yeah. I go, right. Absolutely. I'm now, I'm washing my feet. I'm moving the butter to this. But I, my OC, okay, this is OCD right now. I'm obviously anxious. Why am I anxious? There just, you go. I only slept there five hours last night. There you go. And, and you... That's you, success. You, that's success, yes. right? And I think people listening to that, it's a great way to help with that, Yes, right? because it's a symptom. You're washing your feet is a symptom. If we're having a cold, you know, we might get a runny nose, and a bit of a temperature. That's a symptom. Why have I got a runny nose and I'm feeling a bit warm? Oh, I'm getting a cold. So if I've got a cold, what do I do? Take some, whatever, night nurse or something. So we don't fixate on, you know, why is he washing his feet? It's a symptom. You're clearly feeling anxious. Why am I feeling anxious? Feeling anxious about that. I can stay in that cycle of just worrying or I can problem solve. Get an early night, you know, talk to my partner or something like that. When I was in that not great state, one of the biggest problems I had that my sleep wasn't good. Yeah. And that happens a lot of time with, and I think a lot of people now have issues with sleep. Yeah. Because stress, working too hard, looking at phones at night, yep. whatever it may be. How important is sleep? Hugely, but also at the same time, we mustn't um, fixate over sleep. The problem is, is that when you're feeling anxious and you're not sleeping well, you then get this sense of insomnia. And how do you get over that? How, how does one process that, the problem with sleeping? Because I had that for so long, the fear of going to bed. Oh, no, I'm not going to sleep tonight. No, I'm not going to sleep tonight. Oh, God. Which is the kiss of death, isn't it? Terrible. Right? Sleep, I always say to people, sleep is about surrender. When we go to bed, it should be a nice bed. And sleep is all about giving in. Our bed is not there for us to worry or to... I personally don't think, you know, you should be watching Netflix in bed or doing any of that. I've just changed that from yesterday. It's, it's, I was watching YouTube and everything like for the, and I didn't do it last night and my sleep was so much better. They talk about, was it like three, two, one, about it's like three hours beforehand, you don't do that, you know, two hours, you don't you know, stop checking your emails, one hour, you don't do any, you, you don't eat, down. yeah, three, three hours, you, you stop eating three hours before you go to bed, that sort of thing. So yeah. you have a routine. The worst thing you can do in bed is check our phones. And the other, other cardinal sin is checking the clock in the middle of the night. People people have this sort of image that I must sleep eight hours. We don't all wear size eight shoes, right? We need different sleep. You know, some people can sleep with the light on. Some people can sleep in all sorts of sort of different environments. If we have a really bad night, most of us can then make it up the next day. The brain is really hungry for sleep. People sleep standing up. You've seen it on the tube, right? Like mm. people sleep outside. If we need sleep, we get sleep. It might not be the best quality of sleep, but we sleep. And for me, the most important is like surrendering to sleep. If we go into bed again with that, what if, what if I can't sleep? Oh my God, it's so awful because I've got such an early start tomorrow. You've You're done. It. You're done. It's the what if, what if again. It's the what if. And it's almost like, you have to almost like kid yourself. Okay, you know what? If I don't sleep well tonight, that's fine. Because you know what? I'm going to bed. I'll go to bed. That is Whatever. almost all you need to tell yourself. It doesn't matter. And then we sleep. You told me a great piece of advice is when I kept waking up in the middle of the night, you said, don't check your phone. Don't check the time. Why would you do that? It doesn't that? matter. It, nothing good comes out of never checking. Never check anything. <laughs> and it works so much. Whenever I wake up, I never check no, the time. No, I is. don't check. You know, I, no. I, I do practice. One of the few things I practice when I preach is I never check the clock. No, I never. would never keep my phone on. 
there's no good what happens. I turn my phone on airplane mode as well. I put it in the corner of the room and I don't check the time. And and that's that's the discipline that people are missing because it's just and you know I mean you are guilty of providing the stuff that we all watch on Instagram and that once you start <laughs> take responsibility yeah, very true, very true. once we start you've lost like forty five minutes yeah it's like it's crazy you get st- you distracted boom 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 scroll 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 and that's how they made I mean that's the algorithms behind those that you just can't get off it is it is such an addictive sort of like you know piece of equipment we have in our hand and you have to be so disciplined about i'm not going to do that never take my phone to my bed really i never i have an old-fashioned little clock alarm clock and do that yeah i never take it great piece of advice i can't you just can't it is so tempting they're so fast one thing they know what i want to see the, I, I'm seeing the time and it's, it's a bit, it's very late. It's, it's getting later, which is really, I almost, I, I think we should do another one of these, <laughs> another few of these. I think this should be a, a little series because I've got, I mean, I, I, I think I've only scratched the surface, literally only scratched the surface. So I think we need to do, if I can persuade you, maybe we do a couple more <laughs> sessions on the podcast. <laughs> one thing before you go is I just want to talk about medication quickly yeah. and your view on that. Yeah. There's a huge stigma as we start off. Maybe it's a sort of cyclical of that. We talked about how mental health is a bit of a stigma still and how we, we're shy or nervous and particularly men. And every 90 minutes, yeah, someone yeah. takes their own life. Yeah. 76% of that is men. Yeah. It's crazy. How... And I heard this, and I've said this on the podcast before, but I want to say again, someone, I can't remember who it was, someone said, um, the uh, side effects to depression is suicide. So if you're worried about side effects to medication, why wouldn't you just take the medication if you're going to help yourself? Yeah. Do you think medication is very useful? Yes. As a psychologist, you know, I'm a psychologist, but I have seen how it really benefits people. People have such, they so overestimate medication. What way? They will take recreational drugs till the cows come home right oh but i won't take a little bit of an ssri it's like really (laughs) (laughs) they will take whatever you give them (laughs) at a festival but they won't take i won't take the prozac but why because i think it's misunderstood because people feel that there is a dependency on it Mm. but I always tell people that was you know the old you know the old tricyclics before the new medication come in came in I have seen it really really help people not everybody needs it but if you need it be open to it I heard that a lot of people there are studies that suggest that it could be placebo well all good then isn't it all good (laughs) there's there's nothing wrong with that my uh, my only sort of reservation is that when when you go in and see a very busy GP, because they have like, what was the, what's the statistic, like eight minutes or something. Yeah, Within three minutes, they're writing a prescription. Because it's the easy, quick fix. Yeah. For me, that's the only thing. Um, but then, you know, you, you know, sort of like speak to your GP, make a double appointment, you know, talk about it. But don't think, they just, I mean, people just have such extraordinary views about antidepressants. Yeah. And for us, CBT, we always talk about, like, especially for, like, sort of, like, depression, CBT plus antidepressants. 
it gives you the best outcome. It's because it's got the word antidepressants. It makes you feel because, oh, alcohol, it's a depressant. It's seen as a negative. So therefore, when something is an antidepressant, you need this because you're not... Yeah, you're not right. You're not right. and that's There's the, something weak in you. There's something weak, yeah, it is. It's something not as fun. You're not fun. <laughs> yes. You need an antidepressant to make you... Antidepressants are there, are there to take away the real physical signs of depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. But no amount of medication is going to change things like feeling worthless or feeling a sense of failure. That's where you need the therapy part. Mm -hmm. But they will improve symptoms such as tiredness or lack of concentration or... Lack of motivation. Lack of motivation. They definitely work on those. And you need a bit of talking therapy for the other parts. Before you go. Yes. Two things. I'm very lucky. I get to see you every week. And that's because I'm fortunate and I can pay for it. And yeah. I have the ability to do that. Lots of people don't have that. Yeah. What would you say to someone who is needs therapy, but they don't know where to seek it or go for or, or what to do? I always say to people, speak to your GP. Mm -hmm. There's very good sort of self-help material out there, books. Mm. There are so many wonderful podcasts now about all sorts of things. Educate yourself on it. Mm. Find somebody to talk to. You know, when we talked about social connections, find somebody like a sibling or a parent or a neighbor or your best friend, but talk about things. Mm -hmm. Because often, and I've always said this to you, when we put things into words, it's almost like magically you can almost hear, okay, that sounds really irrational. Or like they can say, okay, that sounds really awful. Mm -hmm. Human beings, we need for our feelings to be validated. It's okay to feel like this. And that's almost as powerful as taking some medication sometimes. And why would you say therapy is important? Because I think we, we need to talk. We need to have some of our sort of irrational sort of thinking corrected. Mm. You, you, well, you need to answer that. Why do you think therapy is important? But uh, why do I think therapy is important? Why have I benefited from therapy? I think self-awareness is a superpower. Yeah. I think there is... I think we all suffer in silence with lots of different things. Whether it's as small as having a breakup to a death or whatever it is, you know, all different things. And I think suffering in silence is not good. I think you need to talk about things. And for me, it's made me view the world differently. Yeah. It's made me uh, way more empathetic and way more understanding to individuals and people. And I think actually that's a good thing. Yeah. I, I, I agree. And it's often the men who come to me and they say, I can say this here because it's a safe place. Women never say that. Seriously, women never make that comment. This is a safe place, so I can say that, that I hate my boss. <laughs> and that's, it's made me understand myself so yeah. much more. I now know that when I'm thinking, God, hang on a second, am I on the Truman Show because yeah. of all this? Yeah. I know, okay, that's anxiety. Yeah. I understand it. So I've learned. Yeah. I've learned bad things, but I've unlearned them because of therapy and learned good techniques. And that's why I think it's amazing. And we should all do it. We should all 100% do it. Have you enjoyed it? Yes. Did I tell you it? <laughs> Isn't it been great? It's been great. Mal, this is what I do every day. And I, and I also do something I do. I love as well. I know you do. Yeah. Um, will you come back for another session yeah so we can go was that a yes or no <laughs> yes 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 okay great see i've you know i've sort of done it once and i and now it's easy right it's not easy don't say that <laughs> <laughs> it'll be easier next time yeah okay okay um 
Everyone, thank you so much. Mal, thank you for coming on the podcast. Pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. We're going to go into depth in another episode a bit more. About lots of other interesting things about you. <laughs> All right, everybody. <laughs> that only I know. That only you know. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please share, speak about it. And if you yourself are struggling, as Mal said, talk to someone. It doesn't matter who it is, your brother, your sibling, your mother, your father, your grandfather, a friend, a neighbor, someone on the street. Talk Samaritans, about Samaritans, anybody. Samaritans, anybody, anybody, because it takes away that power from whatever you're worried about. Okay, be safe. Have a great day. We'll see you later. Goodbye. <laughs>